0: Welcome back. This is Panos from Life With Your Dog. And today we are doing another Q&A on, from Madison. Madison emailed us in about her senior dog. And she has three questions. She wrote quite a few paragraphs, which I'm not going to read that out to you today for two reasons. I'm not really good at reading out nice and clearly. And also, if I keep on reading this, it may get a little bit disinteresting to you. But I'll give you a little bit of a rundown. Um, dog's name is Bella. She's 10 years old, silk terrier. Silky Terry across Chihuahua. She moved out of home about four years ago and I'm assuming she didn't get much training from what, is read- what I'm reading here. So she's been a little bit unsure of different people. She would also bite Madison when um, she got a little bit frightened of when the lead was getting on, being put on. I accidentally dropped the lead, left the door open. She would run and hide from me, sometimes biting me pick her up with a towel so she wouldn't bite. It was really bad. Fast forward to now, she's almost completely different dog. She's She's so proud and happy. So obviously Madison's been doing some work with her. She'll rarely growl at my boyfriend when we get close. However, she will never bite us. So that's good, there's been a bit of progress so far. Whether you're getting information from our podcast, you're outsourcing it from different places online, which is good. Maybe she even had a trainer. She didn't get into too specific about that. Regarding other dogs, she'll be pretty good. She'll sniff. However, because she's a small dog, she feels probably threatened, saying here that most dogs will be standing over her because she's small. Um, some dogs she will let her sniff. Other dogs she will tense up and then go for the bite. Don't want her hurting other dogs. And she's embarrassed to admit this. Well, you have admitted it, so that's step one. You've got to own own. your own, own what you see and what you get from your dog. You're observing behaviour when it comes to dog training and dealing with behavioural issues. Just see what you have. Don't try to hypothesise everything, because I think that's the biggest mistake. A lot of my clients say, "Oh, my dog is aggressive. My dog was being aggressive with that dog." No, no, no. Tell me what you saw. The dog stood up. The hackles on the back went up. Tails went up. You know, you have to see the specific things um, in when it comes to reading body language and patterns of behaviour. We'll get into that in a moment. Dog can be sniffing, getting really close to her. She won't bat an eyelid, but another dog will do the same thing and she'll tense up. And and that's when I know to remove her from the situation. I don't know how to fix this. I think you're already doing a lot of it already. So she's been doing training with her every day 20, 30 minutes of training. It's probably too much, but we're going to talk about that in a second as well. Um, she does well. However, I'm not all confident. She'll listen to me when distractions are nearby. So her boyfriend and herself work nine to five jobs. So every day that they're walking, they're doing two one-hour walks a day. She's pretty active, healthy for a 10-year-old dog, no health conditions. So I believe this um, exercise is okay for her. I haven't seen the dog, so I'm going to say if you feel that way, then, then I'm going to agree. We'll also try at least one activity outdoors with her on the weekend, so that she's involved in her life outside of home. So the questions are, how do I teach my dog not to be aggressive around other dogs? You can listen to the last Q&A that we just put out two weeks ago um, talking about um, aggression in dogs, and I was answering someone else's question there. Some of the things that we're going to talk about may intertwine with that, but I would certainly say listen to that so I'm not repeating myself too much. And as always, when it comes to aggression, I'm very tentative of giving specific examples or advice because I'm not seeing the dog, I'm not there in person. Even if I can do it over Zoom, it's still not the same. You've got to be there, so... If you're finding that you have aggressive issues, aggression issues with your dogs, seek a professional trainer, a good one, a good balanced trainer that understands modern science and modern dog training techniques as well as get some referrals, you know, see have these people actually done um, work with these sort of um, issues before. So I'm going to refer you back to that episode to specifically address the aggression part of this question and then you can just adapt some of the things that we talk about there. I know the nature of it was a little bit different. What is the best way to bring what what is the best way to bring at home training outdoors? And the last one is do you have any tips for caring for senior dogs? We'll go with the senior dog first before talking about the training outdoors. So with well Spades, my my dog and I, you know, and he goes for plenty of exercise and we do we do regular training and and he's my right-hand man when it comes to Doing my dog training work. So he's also 10 years old. And as long as looking after our dogs, looking after their health, joint wise, um, mental health, you know, like in terms of like, you know, are we putting too much pressure on these older dogs and things like that? As long as you're covering all those bases, um, you can continue working on that. In terms of how to, tips of caring for senior dogs, looking after their diet, making sure that they're getting a good, solid, balanced diet. I feed my dogs 80% of their food is raw. I give a, a high premium kibble food as well. You know, and a, and a lot of variety if you can as well, just to kind of get that nutritional profile. I'm not a nutritionist, so you can um, check out Narelle Cook. Um, she's got her own podcast called, I don't want to butcher the name. Give me a sec real quick to find that. Um, you know, and I really respect her work and everything that she says. She's very well, well read. It is called Natural Health for People and Pets Podcast. Narelle Cook, check that out. Um, you can get heaps and heaps of different advice on there. And she's also got heaps of um, PDF. Um, um booklets and training manuals that she's put out there for people so um, you can check that out in terms of looking after what your dog is eating and then also supplementation all that sort of stuff because as our dogs get older we need to look after all these things with my dog i um, i haven't seen much issues so spades i try to give him um an amiga sort of supplement look after those joints because he's a larger dog Um, Nookie, she's Maltese Pom. She's five years old, so I wouldn't call her senior, but we we look after her as well. You know, I guess the most important thing of this is obviously, Madison, you can't do this right now, but we look after our dogs as they're growing up. Good, um, good diet. um, You know, looking after their their um, their exercise and their training. Everything kind of combines and comes together. So check that out um, and see if you can get any tips on that in terms of caring for senior dogs when it comes to training. What we want to do is be very very careful about how much pressure we put on our dogs. Pressure in terms of your dog seems stressed, so we don't want to put too much pressure too quickly and we don't want to be pushing the envelope too much. You know, smaller dogs tend to live longer than larger dogs, so it's not like she's at the end of her life or anything like that. But what I would say is, you know, you have to look at those ten years of experiences and how what sort of foundation that you you set your dog up. You know, growing up. You know, so for Bella, I would say it seems like you've been um, taking on a lot more training, exercise, thinking about it. You obviously be researching. You, you you emailed us, so obviously listen to the podcast as well. So these are all very good things. Keep that up. The problem with getting too much information is that it's that. Par- um, paralysis by analysis. Too much information, you tend to do nothing. That's what I have a problem when listening to too much nutritional advice, for example, because it's so far out of my realm of thought and um, and it seems so distant to our to how we actually feel. Is that it, we, You listen to so much of it that you, you tend to do none of it. So just be aware of that. Also for senior dogs and what to do about training is baby, baby steps. So To to tie into the other question, which is what's the best way to bring at home training outdoors, is that you want to do a gradual process. You want to do a good downstay inside your living room, but then expect to do a downstay around the corner from your house. Maybe that's too much of a jump. So when you're working on your downstay, you do that inside the house, then start doing regular training sessions in the driveway, then continue doing your training out in the front of your house and then uh, be assessing and looking at her body language. What does your dog show? Is your dog looking stressed and confused and scanning the environment too much? Well, then maybe asking too much of a downstay maybe in particular, maybe too much for her. So maybe work on something a little bit more basic, like a look command, maybe working on the sit stay, maybe working on practicing the name game and, and recall training. Keep things simple before working on something too difficult. If she's finding that in the driveway she's downstaying and, Again, when we say we've practiced a down, I'm not sure at what length, because remember, there's three Ds to a durational command. You have duration, how long can the dog stay in that down? Distance, how far can you get from that dog while your dog's in the down? And then distraction, will your dog hold down at distance while there's distractions around? So think of the three Ds and then incrementally work on that. You want duration and distance to work on first before then adding too much distraction. So let's say you've got a one minute downstay while you're doing a three meter circle around her at the end of your leash. Then if you can do that really successful in the driveway, then do that a little bit further in the driveway next time. You're saying you're doing 20 to 30 minutes of training a day, way too long. Try to keep them, like if you have that sort of time, do two or three, three to five minute training sessions. Keep them short and sweet. Always finish on a positive note. If we go too long, then that's when the next time that we decide to do training with our dog, the dog's like, oh gosh, we're doing this again. And then we may not be progressing in the best way because we want good attitude. We want our dogs to feel good from it. If you want the best sort of focus, maybe instead of feeding your dog from the bowl, your dog can learn to earn the food from your pouch instead. That could be another option as well. Also, when it comes to assessing and picking up patterns and reading your dog's body language, you know your dog best, so you know, well, normally when she tenses and her ears prick up and she looks in a certain way, she's distracted by something. So if she's in that down, for example, and you take a few steps away from her, she's focused but then she hears a sound, maybe it's a dog barking or whatever it is, and she pricks up and looks the other way, what I would do in that moment there is mark and reward or then release your dog in that moment before she decides to release herself. So this comes down to the intricate parts of training where it's about We want to make sure that she's better than she was yesterday. Don't compare your dog to someone else or how other dogs are. Always look back at where your dog was so we can continue making forward uh, momentum. Then as you get good at working on all of those basic commands, your bed command, your recall, your look command, you know, practicing all of those basics, then progress to doing it on the footpath. And then from there, you want to then gradually at distance, depending on what her triggers are. She may not care about a loud truck going past, but she may care about a bike going past. So you need to you need to know your dog and know where you're working with that. Also, what I would say when it comes to what to do around distractions is instead of asking for too much from your dog, as I said before, like the down maybe too much, maybe the sits too much, depending if she's really scared of a dog barking at her three meters away, you may need to work on that sit, say, five meters away. Or even better, maybe just work on a focus back on you, look at you. The problem with giving this sort of advice specifically is that, as I say all the time, I can't see the dog, very hard to say. So for me to say you have to do this can be, can be very difficult for you to take on because then you do it, it doesn't work, then where are we at from there? So that's where if you have had... Um, professional help before but it wasn't working get a different advice get three different opinions and see who you resonate with the most Um, if you're in sydney you can contact us and then we can um, see what we can do but also you need to also assess your goals and where you're at what do you want your dog to do do you want you do you want a bomb proof downstay? do you want just to be able to go to the park and throw the ball around while she sniffs around so manage her um, number one, number two is set your goals so you know exactly where you're at with everything. and then number three is make baby baby successive approximations you' you' you're, cl- you're slowly mo- moving towards a particular goal rather than going I want her to be good So you can listen to um, the episode we talked about um, t- focusing on what we want rather than focusing on what we don't want. There's an episode few few episodes back. And also when it comes to other dogs, I guess, you know, when, when it's when you say that she stiffens up and she's unsure, the best thing to do there is go, hey, focus back on me and then recall her. If you're you're saying and there was somewhere in that in the email there, you're saying that you're too far from her. If you're too far from her, then um you're setting her up for failure possibly. So set her up, have her around dogs that you know are stable, that are balanced and balanced in terms of aren't overexcited or aren't too pushy. And, um, and that way there, then she's gaining that confidence. And you don't have to put her around every other dog. Actually, in fact, I would recommend that she doesn't get to socialize by playing with other dogs. I just wanted to coexist around other dogs. Where sometimes our goals are incorrect. We say that we we just, we we expect Bella to be able to be at a dog park and play with every dog because every other dog does it. I would say Bella needs to just be comfortable with her pack, which is you and your boyfriend at this stage, and with your social community, which is like your parents' dogs, your friends' dogs, your neighbors' dogs. And what I mean by that is I want our dogs to be calm and comfortable around other dogs, focused on you, but also learning not to break the basic rules. When we're on the leash, stay on your left-hand side, listen to the 2020 rule of the structured walking, episode 6, I think. You know, start adopting these sort of things and make them more job-orientated rather than I want her to be social with other dogs. Again, that may not be what you're asking, but I see this v- very often when it comes to my one-on-one training. So, I guess I'm just forwarding that on to you, and um, set our dogs for success rather than setting them up for failure. So if you are too far from your dog and there's other dogs around, get your dog back closer to you and maybe make some more space around that dog. Be very, be very clear what you want when you're out. So if you're with your dog and someone else's dog is approaching, don't go, "Oh, excuse me, my dog's not that well um, behaved," and blah blah blah, and then making too much dialogue. You need to get in front of Bella physically, and you either need to grab that dog and then push it away. You need to push it away with your body language. You need to be very clear to your to um, to their owner about what it is that you want. So I think that's really important as well that you represent your dog and you don't let dog just come and approach her because if she's feeling scared, she's on a lead, and she doesn't know where to go and she's had success with biting before and that's how the dog disappears from her, then she's gonna continue doing that. So be really mindful of that, represent her, teach her what you want. Um, you can listen to the episode talking about you can't teach old dogs new tricks. Well, then that's kind of, um, we, I talked about that. There's another q and um, I can't give you the number for it, but you can look for that um, because there are things to consider, physical limitations, what your dog's habits have been like, you know, what have behaviors have been successful in the past. But there's been dogs that are eight, nine years old that we've, were um, that, you know, they've been recently rescued and we worked on good loose lead walking. The dogs had no obedience training and we've done really good with that. As a result of having no boundaries and um, and a good upbringing, so to speak, then we see reactivity, lunging, by, by biting, and growling at other dogs. So we can fix these things as well. But when it comes to these older dogs, a lot of it comes down to management. Just manage her and improve her life because you know she's on the back end of her life. She's not at the beginning of her life. So I'm not saying that you shouldn't train her. You shouldn't do all of these things. But just accept who she is and also make those baby steps. Think that's all I'm going to leave you with um, for now, Madison. I hope I've answered your question. Um, get back to us, maybe just email back, um, let, you, let us know what you think of that. Um, if you enjoyed it, you know, share it with a friend, um, even put up on your stories on Instagram, tag us so we can put onto, a, onto ours so we can spread the word, um, more people can listen to the advice that we're giving, um, and that way that means more dogs and more people benefit. And as always, we really appreciate all, all of our listeners. Um, thanks for the continual support we're getting lots of feedback constantly week by week which is really good to hear keeps may, gives us enough reason to keep on putting this out there and um, until next time much love to you all stay safe and we'll speak soon thank you bye thank you for listening to another show of life with your dog please like rate and share if you're enjoying our podcast you can also find us on instagram facebook and youtube for all dog training videos, tips and techniques, visit www.noocherspooches.com.au Thank you and stay tuned for next time.